0: You're listening to the Afterbuzz TV Network.
1: Very good
0: Johnson. From the Afterbuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, this is Afterbuzz TV for Desperate Housewives. Tonight's host is Derek Shore. Joining Derek will be AfterBuzz co-hosts Mari Fagel, Roxy Stryer, with Roxy's little sister, Sky Stryer, Sharon May, and Sarah Stretton. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest Desperate Housewives news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 347 347- that's 347-855-8269 and now picking up where the show leaves off and the
2: buzz continues Derek Shore all right everybody season seven desperate housewives and uh, I am outnumbered by the ladies tonight in the studio, of course, we have Phil and Jesse in the booth there. Hey guys, how you doing?:
1: We're doing excellent. We just uh, by the way, we're doing video, and Derek will explain more, but we made our first mistake, so bear with us as you watch this. You
2: know what this happens and anyone out there listening or now potentially watching, I'm sure they understand at home that these things do happen. And all the ladies here in the studio, we should make a quick note that Sky, uh, Roxy, your sister is not feeling so well, so she's not with us.
3: She's she's holding it out in the booth right now. I think she's a little nervous. Uh,
2: we all get nervous. You know, it's okay.
3: She's 14, so we got to cut her some slack.
2: All right, well maybe at some point Sky will want to come out here and jump on the Sky, mic.
1: Sky just wants to say a quick hi to everyone.
4: Um, I am feeling a little bit nervous, but that's all right. You guys can do it. Handle
2: it. I know you got it. We, Thanks, think, you sound, <laughs> we think you sound great. Sky is visiting from Boston, so um, hopefully she has a great time out here with Big Sister. All right, so let's break down the episode um, before we jump into this. Uh, a lot of stuff happening um, because we're catching up. Jeanette and the boys. That was kind of a big deal. Um, the two boys who are going to college. Will they be out on their own or will they not? Uh, Susan using dialysis as an excuse we'll be discussing that paul young and mike taking zach their son yes we said they um their son zach to rehab and Bree and keith what's going to happen with them of course in in last week's episode keith discovered that he had his long lost son so what will happen with the future of that and then we have gabby um and carlos going back to her hometown where she's facing some demons from her past so um, so why don't we jump right in with Jeanette and the boys. Um,
3: Lynette, Lynette.
2: Lin- uh, why am I saying Jeanette? Uh, Lynette.
3: Thank l- you, Roxy. L- uh, My mom's course. best
2: friend is Jeanette. So Lynette and the boys, um, mm-hmm. come on, are college-age guys really that helpless when it comes to making breakfast?
4: I've never heard of anyone fooling, um, thinking that the eggs could possibly be under the sink. Um, I think it was a little extreme. We happened to go to
3: college with these two boys. And they they aren't uh, the absolute brightest always, but I would not say that they don't know where the eggs are. Um, And it's funny. They're complete ladies, man. I don't know what kind of girl would stick around with a guy who couldn't find the eggs.
5: I know mothers love to coddle their sons, especially their firstborn sons. So, it's very, very plausible right. that he doesn't know how to make an omelette, let alone find the egg.
2: Okay, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Maybe it's plausible he doesn't know how to make an omelette, but find the egg seriously with his head under the sink like that? Mm. Or- Questionable.
3: <laughs> throw a keg party at a 70-year-old woman's house. Move
6: into the 70-year-old woman's house in the first place. Right, so there we kind go. Of a go. Brilliant idea. But wait kind a of minute. give them kudos for that.
2: But here's what I wonder though. If these guys are really so helpless, they don't know their way around the kitchen, we get that. Um are they really going to be announcing to their parents, "Hey, we found a place to live. We signed a lease." Are they really responsible enough to go out find a place to live if they can't open the refrigerator and find a carton of eggs
3: granted the place was right across the street so a a little less impressive they're not even going down the street literally the house across the street i don't know what kind of deal they cut with mrs McCluskey, but i'm doubting it was anything too serious more like pay me 500 dollars and i'll let you live here kind of thing
6: i just can't believe as college freshmen they would even want to live at home you'd think that they'd want to live in the dorms and or in the fraternity house or whatever. But I guess like when your mom is cool with cooking omelets at three in the morning for your girls. Right.
3: Then but okay. where do they go to school they're in college I didn't even realize they were in college
2: Wisteria
6: Lane College uh, of course oh great but
2: that's a good point though because uh, I think that most guys in college would not want their mother coming down in her bathrobe <laughs> and every time she came down in this episode whether it was coming over to Miss McCluskey's house or down in her bathrobe they're like hey mom What's up? Like, she's one of their buddies or, hanging out.
6: Or they wouldn't want to bring girls back to their house. Like, if it were me, I would be so freaked out if a guy brought me back to, to their home and then I saw their
2: mom in the bathroom. Mortified. that like, that is a
6: total turn-off no-no.
2: <laughs> but you're a little different than the girls we saw in the episode. What, what did uh, Lynette say? She said something you're like that. You're a little uh, more Vegas like, than exactly. Denver. Exactly. She has the best lines. The show is so well-written.
3: That is true.
2: All right, so um, I feel like we should continue talking about Lynette. Although I kind of want to get into some of the other ladies and then come back. Is that cool? If we do that, are you okay with that, Phil?
1: Um, it's your show, Derek. Okay, I- well, let's Joker. come back
2: rather than just rolling through each character because the way this show, you know, it's so soap opera esque in its style, jumping around. Let's jump around. Let's jump to Susan. This was the next scene we saw in the episode. She's driving. She's on her phone. She's got her coffee. What happens next?
4: Well, well, then you see Susan do her first experience with using dialysis to get herself out of a ticket. And she does it unconsciously. Like, she's not looking for a way out, but she's kind of like, I'm so distraught I'm so distracted, to the police officer. And he feels bad and gives her a little warning. And then you see her go down the path of using her disease as an excuse to get ahead.
2: You see the light bulb go on in her In her head, in that moment, she sort of looks out her car window Mm. to follow the officer back to his car.
3: You know, the saying goes, when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. And (laughs) I think she's making some
5: really sweet lemonade. I have a friend (laughs) who says, when life uh, gives you lemons, you make a margarita.
2: (laughs) That That is what she's doing. There we go. Doesn't a margarita so nice right now? <gasps>
3: She's got quite the margarita going for her.
5: So See, when
6: when life gives you dialysis, you, uh, you make margarita. it for all it's worth. <laughs> exactly. I don't
2: think it was that big of a deal. And, and honestly, because Susan was so innocent about the way she discovered she has this power. I don't know. I'm such a fan of Susan. Yeah, it's true. She can do no wrong in my mind.
4: I do. And I agree. And then she uses it again in the market because MJ wants to watch. Yeah. Tom and Jerry, so she cuts the line T- using dialysis. Tom and
3: Jerry still around?
2: Yeah, good question. That's what we I was thinking. Uh, <laughs> I
4: think it is. I Cartoon
7: mean, Network. Yeah. Ooh, Wait, Jesse, how do you know that? I watch it. No, you don't. <laughs> I lo- are you
2: serious? Yes. You do not. I sure do. No, if you all could see the look on his face, you'd know he's not serious
3: yeah, right I now. think he's serious.
2: Roxy, no. Tom is. and Jerry. Tom and Jerry. D- D-
3: DJ Jesse loves to mix in a little Tom and Jerry.
2: Okay, so in the meantime, um, Paul Young and Mike Delfino are driving Zach, their son, off to rehab. And there's a bit of a dramatic moment in the truck where we see Paul Young say, like have a major son freak out, right? Uh, it sounds like they're two gay dads, right?
5: <laughs> Maybe they are.
3: Freak out. He completely freaks out, almost strangles his son. I thought he was going to pull out the gun right there. I had a feeling he was carrying a gun on him even though we hadn't seen it. I thought he was going to hold the gun to his son's head. He's a whack
2: job. Totally. Well, and also, like, his character, Paul Young's character, for me, is not so satisfying because he always has this anger, Mm. you know? coming. It feels, like, very one-note. And he's hardly
5: ever redeemable.
2: Yeah. Exactly. I mean, at least the villains we've seen on Mysterio Lane in the past, there has been some sort of you know, from the child molester to, you know, Edie Britt, a lot of the villains typically have a more endearing quality, and I just haven't found that in Paul Young yet. I mean,
4: I kind of disagree. I mean, I see it, but I think they're trying to make him more endearing with the whole plot line they added about him feeling like no one will ever mm. love him. Right. So I think that was meant to be, like, this guy is so thinks he's a horrible person, he's trying to be a good person, he's so internally conflicted that he can't do anything but be bad
3: you know if, if you look back I, I kind of felt the same way you did at first oh there's nothing redeeming about this guy I really don't care for him but when you look back and you think about he took in this son this boy that wasn't his own from a drug addicted mother good thing to do he then raised the kid and then his wife killed herself three really really big things in his life that he didn't have much control over and i feel bad for him sometimes would i deal with the situation the way he deals with it no it's disgusting but at the same time we we saw a couple episodes he's kind of sitting in the corner mm. and he's talking to beth and he seems sad and she's like honey what's wrong and he just was so sad about life and said nobody really loves me like i love them and I really, I have so much hatred inside me. And he just talked about this hatred now. He didn't want it anymore. It's like every time he tries to get rid of it, it comes back up. I well, feel bad.
2: It is true. I think later, on, later in this episode, with his return, his character's return this season, um, he has been very consistent in terms of his demeanor. But I do right. think that this was the first episode near the end where we've actually seen a bit of a crack in that veneer when he was at the rehab center with his son, Zach. And Zach said, you know, you're the reason why mom killed herself. And that's when we saw him sort of, like, stand up. We saw that change in him. And and then when Zach said, no one will ever lo- love you. I mean, that was a very dramatic line. <laughs> no one will ever love you. We, then we also saw, okay, something, this is sort of that shift that we've been waiting for. So I'm hoping that we'll see this storyline kind of go someplace in the next few episodes.
4: Yeah, to me it was more of more than a shift. It was more like a look inside his perspective. We're always seeing everyone be like, look what he's doing to our lives, look how he's ruining mysterious Lane. But this was kind of like examining him, like how he actually thinks. I just want to add this is a little off topic. There's one point in the episode where he like put the seatbelt on Zach. Right. And I got so confused because I must have like blinked or something. And I looked up and it looked like he was just awkwardly hugging him in the car when he was <laughs> reaching for the seatbelt. Yeah. I was like wait, what scene am I watching? Are they friends now? I was so confused. PFF. He was, he was like, still
5: being a dad. Yes. Yeah. Making sure his son was secure. Yeah, I remember that moment.
3: Ironic. Sweet. Pin your son up against the wall. Attempt <laughs> to strangle him. Make sure his seatbelt's <laughs> on first, though. And take him to rehab to get him help. Yeah, exactly.
2: So in the meantime, Gabby and Carlos are getting out of a cab in this obviously small town, and... Um, Gabby seems a bit off. You know, she seems a bit not herself. And when that woman initially approaches her on the street, I was expecting Gabby because she's such an attention whore. Excuse my French. That's a horrible (laughs) word. Um, I I have a room full of ladies. I don't want to make anyone mad. She. um, I was expecting her to to be a bit more receptive. But she was confused. She was very surprised to get the attention she was getting.
3: I'm surprised there is a town that exists that loves Gabby so much that she didn't know about. Like you're saying, she eats up the attention or is an attention whore. (laughs) And I was shocked that she didn't know about this place. You know, she's from here. Somebody should have written her a letter, emailed her or something. Well,
2: what about her family? Do they have email?
6: (laughs) How would she have even (laughs) known about it, though? It's a really small town. She hasn't been back since. I guess. They have farm reports. Like, how would she have ever known about it? Excuse
3: me, they have a new stoplight. Very
4: I important. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that if anyone had tried to contact her, she probably would have rejected it. Like, she's wanted to distance herself so much from her past that I could see her getting a letter from her family or from an admirer and her not even reading it because she was so horrified by her life there.
2: Sharon, where are you from? Where were you born? I'm
5: from the San Francisco Bay Area.
2: Okay, so you're not a small-town girl.
5: Um, although the town that I grew up in is rather small— yeah. It's it's adjacent to San Francisco. It's a place called San Bruno.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. But is it the type of place that, you know, everyone knows everyone's business and they name nachos out of, you know, people's names after people at the <laughs> not diner? Quite
5: small, not quite that but small. But it's small enough to the point where I'm wearing the baseball hat when I go back, when I go to the local supermarket, trying not to run into people from high school. <laughs>
2: Well, I can identify a little bit. I, I was raised in Salt Lake and my family was, you know, all my cousins, many of them lived out on farms in very small towns. And my mom was raised in this really small town. And I think even when you live in the city, people think that city people are just, you know, you go to a small town and it's. It's it's just different, you know? It's a little different. So, um, I don't know. I was totally intrigued by Gabby's experience and dying to know what was going to happen with that nun. What were you thinking, Mari, when she first made eye contact with that nun across the street?
6: I actually thought that what ended up happening was something like it because when you see a nun... I, I thought that, that that she confessed what happened to her. Like, I, I, I didn't know the specifics, but I thought that was probably what was going to happen.
2: It's so fa- fascinating to me how these shows can take really hot-button political issues and make them digestible and relevant and funny because, you know, a nun wearing a cross and they're talking about molestation of a child. I mean, that's a serious, serious thing that and you know in recent years when the church has been faced with all this scandal and you know people suing them whatever i think it's great that they're able to tackle issues like this in like a soap opera primetime kind of way
3: great that's what i was talking about i think it was last week i love how the show takes things and makes them more real for everybody else like some shows will take something and just make it so much more dramatic and you can't really relate to it but i i was watching today and the emotions are there. The situations are real, you know. I wasn't thinking as dramatic as it can be and as much as it is a soap opera. I completely could relate.
6: And the sad thing is what happened to Gabby, A, the molestation, and B, telling someone and, and then saying, you're lying, you, you should be ashamed that it happens that really does happen right so making it relevant in this show i think is important this is a little side note but i thought it was so interesting today uh scott brown was on the view senator scott brown from massachusetts and he just revealed for the first time in his book that he was molested as a child his wife had no idea until he read the man until she read the manuscript of the book and it's he said the reason he came out with the story was because he wanted people to know like It happened to me, and look what I became. It can happen to you. Don't be ashamed. And so similar to that, this show tackling this issue I think is great. I commend them for doing it because if anyone watches that show and they struggled with that in the past and that can help them, then great.
3: You know, I appreciated that they mentioned the nun kind of came back at her and said, well, you were reading all those trashy magazines or watching that movie or something. And, you know, that's kind of a response from a lot of adults. Oh, she was wearing a really short skirt. Oh, she kind of put it on herself. She's a little slutty, whatever it is. And Gabby looks at her and says, this is not my fault. Shame on you. You were an adult and I was a kid. And to me, that was really, really important that they showed that side of it, too, what the nun had to say in her defense And how Gabby completely shut her down I said, I was a child. What was I supposed to do?
5: I'm glad the shame and blame method didn't work on her. Right, exactly.
2: What's amazing is that I think this, it it just shows how smart this show really is. And also the fact that these storylines, it just fascinates me. These storylines are so multi-layered and they get deeper and deeper and one storyline is tied into the next. And I think this was just sort of seamlessly... You know, I I never saw this coming. Um, this seamlessly sort of came out in this episode. I'm curious to know, though, if in upcoming episodes, we'll hear Gabby mention Grace again, right. her daughter. Or, or does this sort of, you know, symbolize the end of her, you know, a, emotional angst that she's been dealing with?
4: I think I'd be kind of disappointed if she let go that easily. If Grace didn't come back in the picture, I think I would just feel a little like it wasn't as accurate because that's not something that you can shut out completely and you're never going to be reminded of again like it is part of your life the she is her child like it has to come up maybe not a big deal maybe not as crazy as the whole doll experience but maybe a little acknowledgement maybe a letter or she has like a birthday and she sends her a card or something like that
3: you know i'm, I'm very 50 50 on the situation because we see in this episode Keith learns that he has a son and how they deal with that which I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit but the importance of having a kid and what that means to you and how you can't just kind of let that go. So part of me is on the same page as you. How could she just this be closure? You don't just close yourself off when you know there's a kid that's yours and that's out there but at the same time she does have a daughter that she raised and It was kind of the deal that they made, you know So I almost want Grace to stay out of their lives Because I feel bad for Juanita And for Gabby's other daughter that's never mentioned But I'm sure I feel bad for her too It's just like Juanita's been the one that's been there And now it's not fair for her to have to share her mom With the daughter that she thought she
2: had See, personally, I wish all the kids would go away. N- <laughs> not in the whole show, but in Gabby's life, because I feel like, and honestly, I know this sounds like a jerky thing to say, but I feel like Gabby is the best when she is this kind of snippy, pretty, well dressed, right. you know, expensive car driving, superficial woman. I think she plays that. Role so well, and it's great to know she's a real person, her character is a real person, and loves children. I want to see her become famous again. Remember a few episodes or a few seasons ago mm-hmm. when Gabby was just like the mom and she never wore makeup and she was kind of frumpy? Oh, it drove me nuts. Oh,
6: yeah. I thought you were going to say, Remember a while back when she went back to New York and uh, Heidi Klum was in the episode, and you got to see a little bit of her uh, superstar life from. The past.
2: Well, I want the superstar life back for her. <laughs> and That's Vanessa.
4: And Vanessa Williams.
3: The two of them can just be superstars together or something. We
2: plan the say show. <laughs>
4: it's a little backtracking. just back to Roxy's comment when she mentioned feeling bad for Juanita. But I just have to say that Juanita has a real mom out there, too, who I think should be involved in Juanita's true. life. So I don't think it should be taking anything away from Juanita because I think they should both be doing this. So not over the top, not trying to take them on take them away for months at a time, but just a little acknowledgement like it's your kid. Like if they find out, Oh, why didn't you were you never part of my life, it's like I couldn't be, but I still try to let you know I was thinking about you by sending you a card once in a while or something like that. No, I agree. I agree.
2: Before we take a little commercial break, boys, um, let's talk a little bit about uh, Brie and Keith. And first of all, we had this discussion last week with Megan Vox being married to Brian Austin Green. I loved that the first so moment. So oh, This is ridiculous. The first moment we see him on screen tonight, I hear this. <sighs> the sighing from across the room. That was you.
3: I love That him. was you.
2: We, you've he just does it for this. me.
3: He does it for me. I don't know. She's you, all smiley right you now. You guys know? No, you don't think he's just the No, I think
5: he grew into a really sexy, manly man mm. after 90210,
2: definitely. See, I'm not alone. I think you should all get jobs as makeup artists, so you can go to the set and cover the tattoos all over his chest.
3: <laughs> oh, is there a tattoo there? Oh, uh, okay. Oh, do you
2: need a little touch-up
3: there? <laughs> Oops, I wiped it
4: off. Now I have to redo it.
2: <laughs> Whatever. So we saw this coming. <laughs> we know that Keith now has this son. We've known this for a while. He just found out last week... Um, but w- what did you think about this whole scenario? Did you see it coming, the whole should I move to Florida, not move to Florida thing?
6: I thought in in true Desperate Housewives fashion, they would play that out a little bit longer of, like, is Brie going to move to Florida or not? Because usually they kind of, like, drag that out a couple episodes and or she'd even, like, get to to the point where she'd like be on the plane to Florida and and then come back. So I was surprised that that uh, settled itself so quickly um, and that she decided not to go with him. Because he said, what is here for you? Your children have left. You sold your business. What's here for you? And she said, my friends. (laughs) I know that friendship is important and strong, but I don't know if my friends were the only thing holding me back. You live in the 21st century. You can Skype with them. <laughs> you can talk on the phone with but them and their friends. Florida. They're
2: not in bed with you at night. It's Florida. Miami. people no, <laughs> <no>, <laughs>
5: retire.
2: I'm, I'm kidding. I love Florida. Um, it just reminds me of hurricanes. That's all.
4: <laughs> I mean, I think the whole, like, I totally agree. It was really, really short, and they could have made this such a longer, more dramatic thing. And they also shortened their whole argument sequence. Like, I was like, we got into the episode, and they were... Com- Keith is completely past the fact that Bree had lied about. Yes, well, I feel badly about that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite. That was my favorite.
2: Thank you, Jesse. She's
3: like, I already apologized. Oh, okay, then that's fine. You we apologized.
2: We were kind of making fun of this during the show because we're like, oh, please, this was a 10 second conversation where he said, "Yes, Bree, you are very selfish," and. You but I love you, baby. Me. But I love and you. So Let's sorry. make this work. Can we work. move on? Yeah, it was a it was a little too abbreviated for my taste. I'm with I'm with you, ladies. I would have liked to have seen it play out just a little more. She
3: got off the hook a little too easily.
6: I
2: agree. If
3: if I was Keith, I would have been so furious with Bree for not even. He goes, we can move to Florida, and she goes, I don't think I can. And he says, why? And she says, because of my friends. Well, that's not a valid excuse. What the hell does that mean? Because of your friends. So, you are choosing your friends over your relationship with me bottom line that's I absolutely what she's doing.
2: well, last week, we talked about Bree being selfish, and this would, this decision to keep from Keith the fact that he had this son was one of the most selfish things she's ever done, right. but it was the first time she had lied for something that she wanted for her own you know selfishness, yeah. and I feel like. In this episode, we saw the selflessness Mm -hmm. of her saying, I'm going to do this for you. You've done so much for me. Please move to Florida. Be with your family. But at the same time, Roxy, I agree with you that if she really wanted this guy, she's sort of being selfish in the way that I don't want to move with you, but I love you enough to let you go alone.
6: What does that mean? Yeah, I totally agree with you guys. I think that she was was like – I'm going to give this gift to you. Yeah. I'm going to tell you you can leave. What, give the gift to him that he's going to be heartbroken because she dumped him? If you're giving him a gift and you're going to be selfless, then move to Florida with him. I was sitting there like, that's not selfless, that's
5: selfish.
3: And he's sitting there thinking, this is the best woman in the world.
5: Well, and obviously, oh, sorry. Oh. Obviously, she. Did, I, I think ultimately she didn't love him enough. You know? See, that's where I got... She wasn't fighting for the relationship.
4: That's where I got confused. It's because one week, she loves him so much that she can't tell him about his son. (laughs) She can't (laughs) bear to lose him.
5: Exactly.
4: (laughs) And then the next week, I love him so much that I have to lose him for his son. I'm like, wait, 180. I mean, he was willing to
5: work it out. I mean, he was saying, I'll build a guest house, you know? Your friends can come.
3: Exactly. She lied to prevent what was going to happen which happened because she pushed it to happen, you know? She lied so that she wouldn't lose him, and then she told him to leave after she told the truth, but she couldn't go with him because of her friends.
4: It's just, yeah, exactly. I'm like... What's
3: the logic?
2: I I don't...
5: It's hold.
2: Lots of hold. I'm still a fan of Brie, but I'm going to have to sleep on this one. But let's, let's talk about it on the other side of the break. Let's take a quick commercial break, and we'll have a little more discussing Brie and Keith.
0: Wanna find out what the afterbuzz is about? Janice is a drama queen. This yeah.
6: is
3: the divide that is gonna carry the series.
0: Give us a call at 347 855 8269
3: this television and they want it to be as dramatic as possible. I mean it's, it's experience period. You never know what goes on behind closed doors.
0: Get in on the afterbuzz. 347 Now, in the eyes of Jimmy, Nucky is a villain. Listen on iTunes. I mean,
3: who would you guys rather hear that from?
0: Find us on Facebook.
3: Your husband or your best friend?
0: Follow us on Twitter. And then she's
3: trying to kill him, so it
1: justifies it. I'm like, oh, now it makes sense.
0: (laughs) And visit us at (laughs) AfterBuzzTV.com.
1: The wig! wig, Don't let let that wig come off,
0: baby. No! What? Boardwalk Empire. Desperate Housewives. Glee Gossip Girl Breaking Bad Mad Men True Blood The Walking Dead Big Love Jersey Shore The Oscars Celebrity Rehab The Emmys If, if it's hot, hot, you can bet we'll be buzzing about it.
2: Alright, so I need um, seriously honest answers. Oh, I, don't you just love this opening thing? It's gay. Oh, I love it. Um, okay, so seriously. <laughs> and <now> it's gone. <laughs> uh, it was so brief. It was good while it lasted. Kind of like Brie and Keith's relationship, right? <laughs> oh, went well. Short and sweet. No, seriously. Um, I I didn't want to make this awkward tonight while we were watching um, the show, but were any of you crying when Keith and Brie broke up?
3: No. no. But
6: did
2: you hear, like, <laughs> sniffles? Okay, I heard sniffling, and then one of you got up and went to the restroom. Oh,
3: that was me, but I I think I have a cold.
2: Okay. No tears. Thank you. Thank you. Are you that
6: upset that Brian Austin Green might be leaving <laughs> Desperate <laughs> Housewives that you might not be able to see him so anymore and
3: swoon.
2: <laughs> I seriously was was yes. not sure. And I didn't want to look over and make it awkward and see like, oh my gosh, is she really crying because they Next just time, woke up?
3: just hit me and say, are you crying?
2: I mean, it's okay. So no. I'm sure I've cried on episodes before. Just, I'm, I'm not sure if I would turn on the waterworks for that situation. Um, so, um, so do we think that this is the end of Brian Austin Green? Will we see him again? Will they, uh, will they sort it out and have him stay on the lane or no?
4: I think we'll see. Maybe like, I don't know. I, I don't think he's completely gone. Maybe like, we'll fly to Florida or something. Maybe they're giving her an out if the negotiations don't. Maybe go as planned. I don't know. Maybe
3: Amber is gonna come on the show and be with him I don't know I thought that she was really good and that they were kind of making a movement to bring her into the housewives group not really I, I don't know but more into the show at least You know, maybe she'll a, pick up a move to a
2: lane yeah that's a good um, that's a good storyline to talk about because she we haven't really seen her the past few episodes right. much and my question is for the ladies if you were in a relationship with a guy like Paul Young why would you stay there if Why you were would bath? you stay there? Yeah, exactly. I mean, w- w- what is this woman doing staying on the lane if this guy is acting a little angrily toward her and a little erratic in his behavior?
4: Um, you have to look at Beth. I mean, when Beth came on this show, oh she dresses <laughs> like she's from a different era. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like the little, like, goody-choo-shoes wife who's like, Yes, dear. You want me to do what? Of course. Anything. Always. Stepford wife. With a gun. With (laughs) a gun. Who doesn't really, who's just always been controlled by people. Like, she went from being controlled by her mother to being controlled by Paul Young. So, for her, it's, I think, normal. I think it's normal to be dealing with crazy people, so she doesn't really understand that it's that crazy.
2: I was expecting her to be, like, in a pool of her own blood on the living room floor. I was surprised that she, I mean, it was great, she's she's outside in the cold, sad for her, but at least she's alive.
6: Mm, we'll talk about this later in the predictions of who shot themselves, but
3: she Just could say, be in a pool and, of her own blood.
6: Well, I know, and
2: that whole tease, <laughs> I mean. they
3: could, yeah. But the question you asked was, why does she stick around? And I think it answered it at the end of the show when they said, but the worst is when you have nowhere else to go. And And she really doesn't have anywhere else to go. Her mom's in jail, and she found this guy who she really thinks she loves, and that's why she stays.
5: And she gave yeah, you didn't family. like that
3: answer. And no. she's
5: one of those women that goes from one household, gets married off, and then, you know, gets absorbed into another household. okay.
2: I mean, and yeah, I think so. yes. And Roxy, it wasn't that I didn't like your answer. I think that you're total you're exactly right. Yeah. I just have not fallen in love with her. That's the problem. Oh, not not far from it. It's kind of like, oh, she's just kind of, I don't know. Maybe it's and her hairstyle. She
3: makes me cringe. She's very strange. I- it's very strange. Whenever she comes on the show, I go, oh. I always
5: feel an ominous presence about her. Heebie-jeebies. Major heebie-jeebies. Creepy.
2: Last year, or <laughs> last week, I was saying that I felt kind of negative about this whole Paul Young storyline, and I felt bad for being over it, but I am kind of over it. Like, I'm over his wife. I'm over this whole situation. I just kind of want to know what what was happening, and I'm concerned that the payoff is not going to be that great. I think that's what I'm really afraid of.
3: Right. That the ending, it's not going to justify the means.
2: Is anyone else with me? I mean, Jesse, Phil, you guys were, were watching this episode, of course. Is it, I mean, is the Paul Young thing sort of coming to an end? Should it come to an end? Um,
1: I got to say, you know what?
2: I mean, they, they don't do it enough
1: times where I get sort of um, ticked off about it. So it comes into play every now and then. So, And, and, and something new. So no, not really.
2: I guess I'm alone on
1: this. No, 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 I'm with it. you. Oh, okay. Yeah,
3: no, <laughs> supporters.
2: Okay, Sarah, you were going to say something. I was
4: just going to say back about Beth. When Beth first came on this show, all of us were just like, what? <laughs> this <laughs> woman is so weird. What are they doing? And I was just thinking, I don't think there's been a moment when we've all loved her. Like, there's never been that, she breaks your heart. But you any of us have loved her? Yeah it's it's just never happened with her it's always just been like she's so strange
3: but is that the point of her character you know some characters are put there so that you love them i don't think that's why she's there but i think she's been there too long i think she was there for a reason and i don't know what that was but i think it was something and they didn't it didn't really happen for me and now i want her gone
2: Let's let's jump back quickly to Lynette before we get to our little special discussion, um, and then ultimately to our news. Um, w- uh, Lynette, I love that everything she does is so calculated, and when she showed up on Mrs. McCluskey's front doorstep with that keg in hand, what I love is that her sons are just apparently, I mean, really, like, the dumbest people on the lane at this point, as this episode proved, because they're like, yeah, man yeah, thanks for the keg, oh my gosh. I I mean, obviously we all knew what would happen. Was there doubt in anyone's mind what would happen? Oh, no, no,
6: no. <laughs> and she, like, told them exactly what to do. She's like, here's the keg, have a party, invite everyone. <laughs>
2: totally calculated, exactly. So I am interested to hear um hear where that storyline goes. And the next time you're at the party with you, those boys from right. USC, you've got to get some sort of dish from them. Do,
3: do I ask, where are the eggs here?
2: Maybe maybe ask them if they're, you know, having difficulty. A slow or something? Well, I mean, you wouldn't want to imply that they're really that way in real life, but maybe ask them what they do to prepare. Or do they mind oh. playing characters? Is this
3: method acting going
2: on Yes, yes. Is it uncomfortable for you Are to you play the role actor? of someone who's not the smartest tool?
6: Has that ever happened to you guys, though, that you've been brought back to a guy's home like with his family and everything and like totally not expected like oh they're bringing you they're bringing me to you back to your home i
3: don't know if i'm maybe it's my age but i'm not sure i don't know if i've ever been brought back to a guy's home after first meeting them.
4: i haven't very quickly like it's always i've always known like i'm gonna meet their parents right but i mean i do have friends where like they have weird it's just, like i know someone who started dating someone on a wednesday on the thursday chelsea no on the Thursday, <laughs> the the person they started dating invited them to meet their family. They said no, because it was, like, too soon, because it had been, like, 24 hours. They got in a huge fight about it. Oh, wow. Because they were really offended that they didn't want to meet their family. So the person gave in ended up going to Mammoth with the family on an eight-hour drive.
2: Oh.
4: <gasps> Awkward. Eight-hour drive in the snow. Did not know the family. Like, just started dating this girl. No, no,
2: no, no. You First know, of all no meeting family Dallas. that soon and certainly no 8 hour road trips but that soon it they, crazy
4: yeah, it was insane, but that's, like, the closest thing I can think of okay. to like, people just getting in awkward situations with parents that, like, you don't know what's going on. Then
6: I have to tell you what happened to me. Roxy, her and I do the Jersey Shore show on Thursday, and I'm yes, so used do. to Kevin making me divulge stories about my personal life that I'm, like, not ready to divulge, Please tell me all you. of a sudden I'm, like, well, because I think that's why this struck a chord with me so much with these boys living at home and those girls being taken back, because one time I was on a first date with this guy, and... This makes me sound bad because I'm just like... Wait, how did was, you meet him? Um, Like a, a family friend. Oh, my mom met his mom at a party. Okay, and okay. Whatever. So I end up going on a date with this guy. We go to some sushi restaurant in Hollywood. And then he was like, do you like wine? And I was like, yeah, I like wine. <laughs> and he's like, okay, well, then I'm going to take you to like the best winery or the best wine place in Los Angeles. So I was like, okay. <laughs> that,
2: like that night?
6: Yeah, he was like right after dinner. And so I was he like, brought okay. you back to his house? <laughs> So, we're driving. This is and we're my like, basement. <laughs> <laughs> we're driving, and we're, like, on the freeway. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder where we're going. Like, what wine place? <laughs> and then we, like, show up. Uh, what was it? I think it was in Brentwood. But we start showing up in this residential com- area. And I was like, well, that's weird. Like, I wonder what wine place is here. I'm, like, totally. <laughs> and then we, we drive through this gated community. And I turn to him, and I go, is the wine place in this residential gated community and he was like, oh, I'm taking you back to my house. Did you not get that? Uh, And I was like, no, I didn't get that. Like, I don't know if I was supposed to. It turns out, my mom didn't tell me this. I don't think we knew this. His family... Like owns a prominent winery, and they have it. It was a really cool house. They they have like a winery back in Napa, but they had a small vineyard like in their backyard. And so he took me to his home, and they and like showed me one of his own bottled wine. But it was like weird. Like I under. I had no idea that he was taking me back to his house. Yeah, just weird. And his mom was there, and it's just like weird. So I'm I'm sorry that that struck a chord. Uh, No, she wasn't like in a bathrobe or anything. But like, it was just weird. It was weird, and I was embarrassed to like go back and meet this parent. Like, I'm a little bit drunk Drunk, from the sushi dinner. I would never have agreed to go back to a guy's house after the first date, and it was just like it was weird. So, sorry. That was my little I thought you were going to say that
2: Felicity Huffman. Huffman was in her robe in the vineyard or
6: something. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be cool. <laughs>
2: But I'm oh sure, my. The Ke- I'm sure Kev
6: effect. would appreciate me divulging a personal story. He always thinks I'm like the he nerd He better reporter, be listening. So. I know, he better be listening. <laughs> wow, you're the cool stories. girl. <laughs>
2: so in this episode, we saw we decided for the special um, segment tonight, everybody knows what's it what it's like to make an excuse or to sort of milk a situation. You know, maybe you take an extra day off work because you're feeling you know, not a hundred percent, but you're feeling like 99% better. I think we're all sort of guilty about it. So we wanted to know from each of our hosts, and of course, uh, Jesse and Phil chime in, and of course, Sky in the booth there as well. If you want to jump in and let us know, has there ever been a time when you have been a Susan? And taking an advantage of the situation and cut in line at the grocery store.
6: I, I've got to hear Roxy because I see her nodding her head. So I want to hear your story. I
3: could go two ways right now. I've got two different things. and I'm just trying to choose. Okay, I'm, I'm making a game time decision today.
6: Oh. <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> I'm
2: glad you had to dig so far back in your memory. Yeah.
3: Right? <laughs> okay, so today um, I have a paper due in two days on a class that I have not gone to yet. We are about six or seven weeks into school. I just decided I wouldn't go.
2: Um, Can you still do that? I mean, how do you get through college by doing that?
3: It's an interesting question, and I'm not sure yet. I'll let you know after I hand in the paper. But I happened to be at a funeral in Sacramento this weekend. So I emailed my class, subject, family emergency, need notes granted it wasn't my family it was somebody else's family but that family is still a family and the letter read I am so sorry to ask you guys for this but I really need notes for this class and I'm at a funeral and I couldn't get to my computer and I left in such a hurry would somebody mind sending me all their notes from the entire semester six from the entire semester six six responses Six different people sent me all their notes. One of them is a professional note-taker from USD. Shut it Who felt ah. so bad. No. Sent me every single note. I'm going to hell. I am going to hell. Good for you. Good for you. You're not
2: going to <laughs> hell for doing it, but you're going to hell for teaching all of our listeners slash viewers how to skip through college without going to class. I
3: sat in my room I was like, I'm an evil person with all these notes. I'm going to pass this class. Oh, my God. I feel so bad. But... It works. Put it together. No, no, no. It's a film class. It's hard. We watch silent films, and usually I'm interested in all my film classes. But this is a comedy class. Silent films, comedy. Po like pre 1920. Not my thing.
1: By the way, a big worry for all the housewives out there in the world.
3: A <laughs> big a big worry their classes No,
6: no, can I just say quickly? I'm putting on my nerd reporter hat again though. That is like my most recurring nightmare and I'm not in school. I haven't been in school for Failing 2 years. Something? No, my most recurring nightmare is that I have a final in a class that I haven't been to all yes. semester. Yes. And <laughs> I've been out of school for 2 years and it's just like a sign I know that I have that nightmare when I'm stressed. I like <sighs> it's it's awful. It's the most awful feeling where like I have this final and I haven't been to the class Semester, and I don't know what to do. So, when you were telling that story, I was like, Oh my god, this is like my nightmare coming to life! But now, now I know what to do. I totally <laughs> have that
2: recurring dream. And usually, I show up to class wearing a backpack, naked, totally unprepared, and it's the day of the final. Yeah. S- similar, no, it's a, a metaphor similar. for
6: life uh, because I, how else could I explain having those nightmares? It means that you're stressed, and it's a metaphor.
2: I'm a
5: Susan. Oh, I'm a Susan. Speaking of finals. You guys, I'm going to tell you something I have never divulged ever in life. And oh, I feel yes. horrible. After Buzz about exclusive. This, right? <laughs> okay, so. You won't hear um, it anywhere else but here. <laughs> uh, true story. I was in a horrible accident.
2: After Buzz um, TV exclusive. <laughs>
7: oh.
5: <laughs> in 2005, I and I was supposed to graduate from UCLA.
2: A horrible car accident. A horrible
5: car accident. Okay. It wasn't my fault. I got T boned. Wow. And so um, I went to the hospital. Um, was put in all kinds of braces and things and went home to recoup. Um, truth be told, I could have made it back to my finals at UCLA, but I milked my pain and my suffering oh. for so long <laughs> that I made it back to one final Pop and pills, mind you. And this is where the horrible oh lie comes in. Uh, I mean, I got past it on my classes, which is great, because everybody totally felt so bad for me. I was on crutches with a huge brace. Um, But I lied to my parents saying, Oh, this is so bad that I failed all my classes and that I needed to go back to UCLA to get them to pay for another quarter of school because I just didn't want to leave.
2: Wow.
5: Isn't that horrible? Wait,
2: so you owe your parents how much money? I don't
5: know. I mean, UCLA is a lot cheaper back in 2005. Well, though.
2: the living expenses, though. I mean, that's that's not so cheap. And,
6: and uh, you know what, though? Who can't agree that they wish they had an extra quarter of college?
2: I totally agree.
6: So, I do agree. And then, so Kudos to you. You'll you feel feel that way, your spring, quarter, your spring semester senior year, you'll feel that way. I don't, I don't, <laughs> doubt, I
3: don't doubt it, but
5: that is just... is that horrible? You know what? Get I feel... Do I
6: make nurse. you feel better? I oh my say, God, are you guys all judging me? Oh no, they no. play that anytime I talk. No, <laughs> I,
3: I, I feel better about myself. <laughs> You're one of those motivational speakers. But you, you know didn't
5: what's realize. What's so funny is um UCLA eventually matriculated me out. They said, if you don't leave now, because I had so many... Um, Extra units? Yeah. They said, we're just going to give that you pets. It's so, is so <laughs> sad. Oh, my God. No, I think
6: it's brilliant. I would have loved to have an extra quarter
5: at <laughs> like Northwestern. <Justin> <laughs> Badass
3: Mari agreeing <laughs> over here.
2: By the way, Sharon, I had 120 units at UCLA, the bare minimum. Oh, my God. To oh, are
5: you a Bruin? Not, Am I
2: sitting with Bruins more.
6: and Trojans just like fight, right here? Fight, fight. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, we're that seated that.
2: next to each other and we still get and along. You two
6: are sitting right next here. to each
2: other. <laughs> Sarah, you were going to say something, yes?
4: More like I'm just so speechless and in awe of you
3: these you awful stories. <laughs> oh, I know you've done something bad too. Don't even. Don't you I, are no princess. I just can't
4: think
3: of it. Well, think I about it for a
2: moment. I'm curious, so. if Phil and Jesse, you guys are such nice guys. I mean, really, we've only known each other for, for a while now, but you seem like nice guys. Have you ever milked it a little too much when you shouldn't have?
7: I mean, I really, as far as uh, no. I mean going I mean oh, my my mother really laid the law down when I was younger so I, I don't believe you I really can't think of anything I don't think when you were wow. a bad enough kid to have the law yeah. laid down
6: Your mother mm-hmm. raised you right good for she you did. We're
7: Greeks, so it's <laughs> mother's ways and no ways It's the East Coasters
6: and Phil
1: I refuse to comment on anything right now you because there's so too smart. many women that could potentially attack me for any so opinion I smart. may give. Now oh, that. tell me again where you were last it. night, and this time, don't lie to me.
2: Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Women always remember.
3: Skye is a definite milker. I don't know if she is willing to share right now, but she is a school skipper milker to the extreme. Didn't go to school this week. Sky. why didn't you go to school on Thursday or Friday?
4: We're having some family issues and I decided to email all my teachers um, kind of embellish a little bit um, made up some parts to it what did and you make up to get myself out of two days of school wait
2: a minute what part did you make up
4: I just lied a little bit added some like health like problems, I, I didn't full lie. Keep in mind, I just
6: added. She
3: takes problems. after her big sister clearly.
6: I love how you just threw your sister under the bus. You were like, Sorry, "Well, Sky. Sky, this week she just her her teachers could be listening." That's, That's what it. sisters
2: do, though, right? That I mean, is true. If anyone has dirt on each other, I'd actually be curious to know what Sky has to say about Roxy. But unfortunately, <laughs> the show is not Off long air. enough. There's a long, long list. Okay, let's, let's get into predictions. Um, Jesse, were you gonna jump in and say something? No? Okay.
7: Let's get into this. After Buzz TV News. James Denton, who plays Mike, continues to talk about the complications surrounding the show. He doesn't really know if this will be the last season. Reporters suggest his on-screen wife, Terry Hatcher, has already signed up. But castmates Felicity Huffman, Eva Longoria, and Marsha Cross are still in negotiations. The future of the show won't be known until all the ladies are booked. James says, quote, I wish I knew. It's very tenuous. It's not as automatic as it seems a few months ago, but I think it's going to work out. The network wants us. We all want to be there. And I do understand that Terry seems pleased, and that doesn't seem to be an issue. But none of us have been told anything, so we're all kind of like in the dark. So, I know it hasn't been done, and until it's done, it's kind of scary.
2: And I just want to jump in really quickly and say, I know you guys think I hang out with Mark Cherry every weekend, because I talked about him last weekend, I actually do not. But last (laughs) night, I was at an event, sat behind him, um, and at the after party, we spoke again, and I said, Mark, we're doing this show tomorrow night, please give me any little nugget of information you have about these negotiations but he's doing this new show hallelujah for ABC he said he has not been on the housewives set at all not been around the ladies bye so bye. he doesn't know where negotiations are going and
7: knows just as little as we do
3: that's scary I don't want to think about my show going off air
7: Well, James Denton is also playing Superman in the upcoming All-Star Superman feature from Warner Home Video. It's based on the celebrated 12-issue series that kicked off in 2005. All-Star Superman explores how the Man of Steel spends his remaining year of life after being diagnosed with a fatal case of radiation poisoning.
3: What? It's interesting because Terry Hatcher was Lois Lane. What What a couple.
7: Yeah, full circle. Well, Eva Longoria was named Grand Marshal for the 2011 Texas Cavaliers Parade, which will take place near the San Antonio River on the evening of April 11th. There are expected to be about 250,000 spectators, and proceeds from the event will go to 40 charities, including the charity Eva's Heroes. Longoria's charity is based in San Antonio, Texas, and helps teens and young adults who were born with developmental disabilities. Longoria said that she applauds them for taking the tradition and combining it with a philanthropic effort that children... For, like children's charities, excuse me No comment yet on whether she will bring Her new boyfriend, Eduardo Cruz To the parade where Tony Parker's team is from Oh, I hope, hope, hope She brings him Drama.
6: You know that's Penelope's little brother, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, I didn't yeah. Know
3: that. And he's uh, 10 years uh, wow. younger than she is Oh, really, little brother? 25 mm. <laughs>
7: While Tony Parker's has been spotted out in Vegas enjoying his new single life, he stayed out until the early hours of the morning flirting and dancing with random women. Taking over a VIP table on the dance floor, he first ordered a round of 50 Washington Apple shots for all of his friends and was then surprised with the champagne delivered by Lavo cocktail waitresses sporting number 9 Parker jerseys. His table full of guys quickly attracted the females in the club, a source reveals whatever Absolutely. he's an idiot Yeah.
3: Ew. none of them were as hot as his ex-wife sorry Not
7: fair, felicity huffman's husband william macy has turned his weekly piano lessons into a family affair the couple and their two daughters are all learning how to play Macy says, I wanted to learn how to play the piano, so we have this magnificent teacher who comes every week. The girls got interested in it, and then Felicity got interested, and now the nanny's interested in it. Mm-hmm. So we have this argument like, I want to play the piano. I want to play an instrument. Can I join these lessons?
2: But you know, I feel like for Lynette's character, she shouldn't like, should be taking karate lessons or something.
7: Piano seems a little too gentle for Delicate.
3: Lynette. Delicate, yeah, you're right.
7: All right, and that's your AfterBuzz TV Desperate Housewives News and Gossip for the week of February 21st.
2: All righty, so now we can talk about our predictions. Thanks uh, for all that news, Jesse. Your
0: AfterBuzz TV (laughs) Predictions.
2: Now, we sort of have a habit, at least I do, of peppering predictions throughout the show. I know that as we're talking about each of these storylines, we like to talk about what's going to happen next. Um, We already mentioned a little bit about Gabby. Will she or will she not uh, let go of this connection to Grace, her daughter, um, who is living in another place? Um, Will she get over that? What do you think? I
3: don't know. I don't know if we're going to see it in recent and upcoming episodes, but we aren't going to see it for... Two weeks now, so maybe, maybe in two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, she's got to come back eventually. Even if it's the smallest bit of closure.
2: Yeah, Oscar's next week, so we're off next week. But right. Sarah, w- w- what's your big prediction for the next time we see these ladies?
4: I don't know. My big question for next the next episode is, well, besides the who shoots themselves, is what happened to Susan? Very
1: good. Job, she's
4: yeah, so she's smart. just lying on the ground. She we left her lying
3: yeah. on the ground. We
2: hope she's okay, but. Depending on the, how those contract negotiations well, go she on.
5: Said, yeah. It, we, we, she's definitely coming back, right? Isn't that what said? Mm-hmm.
3: They, they no. signed up. I don't know. I think they're waiting for all the women to sign up.
2: Mari, any predictions from you for next week? What it, your hopes and dreams for the I, show?
6: I think Beth is the one who shoots herself.
2: I think so, too. I think that tease was a little on the obvious side. Yeah. Obviously, Susan is not going to be the one doing it. Vanessa Williams' character is not going to be the one doing no it. No
3: way. It's Beth.
6: Or Amber. And if any of the major housewives were to do it, they would save that for the finale in May. For sure.
2: Agreed. Well, it's been fun with you ladies tonight, even though we were a bit outnumbered. Um, I think we had a good time. And if you're watching this or listening to it, however you're taking part in After Buzz TV, we'll hope that you uh, tell your friends about us. Come back and see us next week. And call in. Yes, call in. We always love having callers. It adds an interesting dimension to the show. So uh, it's been real, and we will see you all not next week, but the week after for more Desperate Housewives uh, after the (laughs) afters.
0: For producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer DJ Jesse Janity, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in to the AfterBuzz TV network. If you have questions, comments, or would like to host an AfterBuzz show of your own, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com. And you can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter by searching for AfterBuzzTV.
3: Buzz
5: TV. Bye. Bye. you later!
0: The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.